Hi, welcome back to Eve Talks. I'm joined today by Julie Gang. Julie, how are you on today, International Women's Day? Good, fantastic. How are you? Wonderful. I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Um, so could you talk about your past experience uh, for the previous two summers? What have you done? How have you found it? Yeah, so the first summer um, after college, I went to MIT and I did a research internship at a inorganic chemistry lab. And I found that opportunity mostly by literally emailing 30 profs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty aggressive, but it worked. Uh, and then, but I had previous experience doing chemistry research in high school, so sure. it wasn't too difficult. And then last summer, I was particularly driven to do something related to the refugee crisis, mm. and I ended up uh, finding this organization in Jordan. They're a children's literacy uh, grassroots organization. They recruit local women to read stories to children. Some of them are refugee children, mm -hmm. so it's kind of woman empowerment and children's education, um, two birds, one stone, that kind of thing. And my task was a communication and social media intern. So I wrote a lot of annual reports, I wrote grant proposals, edited a lot of online material, like our profiles, and I sat in meetings to uh, redesign our website and then reach out to donors about a donation and try to make our um, NGO more financially sustainable. Very cool. Uh, so that's a pretty radical shift from freshman year to sophomore year. What informed that choice to go from right. uh, research to NGO work? That's a really great question. So when I did research, uh, initially I had um, thought about becoming a research scientist, so mm -hmm. actually be going to academia. Uh, and then after my work in a research lab, I realized the work seems very isolated. Mm -hmm. At least I, I was mostly doing the grunt work. I wasn't being challenged to design my own experiments. But I also realized my mentors are kind of all like working on their own project. They don't really talk to each other that much okay. to bounce ideas off of each other. And I realized I really want a more collaborative environment where people kind of have one clear goal and working towards that together. And um, the NGO um, work was more, mostly about, like, I have this ideal that NGOs are mm -hmm. ultimately the people who are going to save the world. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's what I believed in. But once I started doing the NGO work, I started realizing that the grassroots ones, they are struggling financially sure. tremendously. So... And they're like short staffed, they don't have enough people to do the work. And most of the year they're writing grant proposals to get money mm. and not enough time to not enough time to actually expand their programs. And then you have the more like transnational, international NGOs like Save the Children. Um, but then you have the problem of this bureaucracy within sure. the organization. And none of those are very effective. And that's when I realized I believe in policy making. Mm -hmm. I think if we can change the societies through changing the policy makers and like putting better politicians in position of power, I believe that's when we can translate activism into concrete changes. And that's why I started being drawn into the think tank work. Very cool. And so that's a good segue for what you're doing now. Can you tell us a bit mm -hmm. about the think tank that you're working for now? Right. So I work for the Hudson Institute. They are a quote-unquote bipartisan okay. think tank, but they're <laughs> more on the conservative side. Sure. But the way I 
came across um, it is they have this telecommuting internship <clears throat> program with the Center for Military and Political Analysis. It wasn't really my particular field of interest. I'm not too interested in like military stuff. Sure. <laughs> but then I was like, I really want to get a jump start on this like career. And then with us being in Williamstown, I realized it's so difficult to find like yeah, it turns out there aren't a lot of think tanks in rural Massachusetts. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I really have to just take what I can get. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a piece of advice I have been given by a lot of alums and mm -hmm. professionals in this field. They're like, just go latch onto a think tank and sure. then work from the bottom up and just build up your experience. And I really, really enjoyed my work with the Hudson Institute so far. My supervisor is really organized, so I would get tasks <clears throat> assigned to me every single week. And then I we correspond through email. Sometimes I draft uh, policy memos, so including my own policy recommendation. Wow. Sometimes I just create research summaries. Uh, once I did a research summary on the U.S. government shutdown for my supervisor's interview on Chinese TV. And that was like the coolest project yeah, for me ever because mm -hmm. I was like, wow, I'm researching my end up on my own country's TV. And then I also revised policy papers. I also, this past week, helped put together a policy paper based on past research summaries on U.S.-China relationship uh, in 2017 versus 2018, like moving forward with the trade war and North mm -hmm. Korea, stuff like that. So, and they literally give this experience to me when I didn't have much experience at all. So it was a training internship, unpaid, mostly to build up my experience. Sure. Wow, that's really cool. Um, can you talk about kind of your day-to-day -day experience with the think tank? I imagine it's pretty variable. It sounds like you work on right. a bunch of different things, but if there is a typical day at right, a telecommuting right. internship, what is it like? Right, so a typical, I would say a typical week. I get my assignment every week. I'll get it on Monday. So he will send me like five options and I'll pick one. And then throughout this week, I'll collect articles on this topic and then um, carry out the task. But sometimes there are more spontaneous tasks. Like sometimes my supervisor get called to do like a Skype interview and then he was like, oh, send me three articles on this topic. Sure. So I have to do that like in between classes. Okay. And then, um, but that's mostly the task. But at the same time, I have to keep track of like what I've done for them for like my evaluation <laughs> kind of thing. Sure. And then um, my supervisor also sends me job information mm -hmm. so that has been tremendously helpful as well for yeah. potential openings within uh Hudson or for other openings as well? In the tanks. field of oh, international cool. affairs and okay. political military analysis as well. So it sounds like they're committed to advancing your career as well. Right. That's right. awesome. And when I went to D.C. for the career track, mm -hmm. uh, I actually visited the Hudson Institute. And mm -hmm. it was a great working environment, in my opinion. Um, and I encourage people to look into think tanks in D.C. if they're interested in that kind of career. Yeah, definitely. Um, what other tips would you have for students that are interested in international affairs or right. NGOs? Right, so my first tip on NGOs is that you need to know what you're signing up for. I think um, NGO work, there is always a trade-off between the grassroots versus international. And I think if you really want to do some on-the-ground organizing, you have to work at a grassroots mm -hmm. organization. That's my one tip. <clears throat> And with international affairs, I really, really recommend going on the career track. 
with the school. Uh, so every year they bring 20 students to Washington, D.C. for five days. Is that always over winter study? Yes. Okay. It's always over winter study, but I hope that they can make some like webinars or sure. like more accessible information um, in the future. And then in terms of just job search in general, the first thing I would say is um, really, really start a spreadsheet and make job search a habit. It can be a task. You will really weigh yourself down if you think job search is like 40 applications I need to do in two weeks. It's not. Mm -hmm. Like set a goal for yourself. Am I doing five per week or am I doing two per week? It can be any number, but do it consistently. Sure. Make it a habit. And then also, how do we face rejections? That's always really hard. People who end up at Williams, we're probably not very good with rejections. And I would say track your rejections. Mm -hmm. And like the first thing you do when you receive a rejection email is actually to write a thank you note. It's very counterintuitive. I know I really hated that when I did my first thank you note to rejection email, but it works. It shows your commitment to this position. Sure. And also you can also ask, oh, what do you think are ways I can, I can improve my qualifications and um, my credentials in the future if I want to attempt at this position again? Wow, that seems like a great idea. Have you actually gotten feedback from thank you notes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they actually have directed me to other organizations that I can look into or like some more entry level like positions mm. I can think of, um, uh, I can approach. And one um, woman actually directed me to work for congressional, um, so kind of senators and like House of Representatives, sure. that kind of work. And I have applied to a several offices this coming summer as well. That's awesome. Yeah, based on that experience. Um, what is your job search process look like? Could you recommend some professors or alumni to whom students could uh, reach out? Yeah, for sure. So if you're really interested in the think tank world, I really recommend uh, Mr. Noah Bonzi. Uh, he works for the International Crisis Group, which is uh, they offer annual and monthly report on the crisis that has been escalating, that has been unchanging. Mm -hmm. uh, so really cool and important research. In terms of working for like the State Department and like Department of Justice, I know um, Ms. Hannah Hindo, who graduated in 2015, I think. Uh, she has been very helpful for <coughs> me, recommending some graduate programs and as well as other think tanks I can apply to. In terms of professors, if you're interested in international relations, Definitely talk to the Stanley Kaplan Council, which is the on-campus council for foreign affairs, careers, and mm -hmm. studies. And they can sign, uh, they host lectures, and then they have the um, Williams Summer Foreign Policy Institute, actually, for uh, three or four, four weeks. And then Professor McAllister mm -hmm. is uh, the prof uh, responsible for that. But generally, Professor Cheryl Shanks, I found her extremely helpful in international relations. In terms of Middle East specific uh, politics, I would recommend Professor Michael McDonald. Yeah. Very cool. Mm -hmm. um, what about tips that are more general for people that are new to the professional world or maybe applying for their first internship? Right, so that's so important. What I realized in my search is that some people just have much of a leg up because of family connections sure. and also their personality. I think I have an advantage because 
I am a good self advocate.、Mm-hmm. I like to go out there and give feedback, and I want to like get people's constructive criticism. So I really recommend people start by looking for one or two advisors. It could be their professor. They could be. The career advisors, so sample a few of them and find someone you are comfortable working with, and you actually trust to show your cover letter to. And you, your first cover letter you ever written is going to suck. <laughs> my my first one really really was so bad, <laughs> and then you can see your improvement over time, and then. Afterwards, you start branching out, like、sure. starting to connect with alums more consistently, and also show them your cover letter and resume. Yeah, when you connect with alums, always attach a resume. That's something an alum has told me. Like, don't waste that email exchange.、Mm-hmm. Just tell them who you are and link them to what you have done. Awesome.、Yeah. Um, one last question for you. Why did you choose to do an Eve talk? And thank you, by the way, again. Yeah. <laughs> so I. I think I was very delighted that there was this opportunity for students to share、um, their job search, especially in areas that are not being highlighted、mm. <laughs> at Williams. And I felt like when I started thinking about a career in think tank and policy making, I was honestly pretty lost. I didn't、mm. know who to go to. I didn't know what opportunities are out there. So I really want to use this Eve talk to offer myself as a resource as well. I'm right here on campus. You can reach me at hg3 at williams.edu, and I'm happy to talk to you. And I want to encourage people that this is a process, and everyone has to go through this process. <laughs> and it is hard, but it's also interesting. It's a way for you to actually find out what you're interested in. When I was like applying for finance and consulting. Trying to apply to <laughs> finance and consulting jobs last year, I realized I opened a word document. And I don't know what I what to write, but now I know what to write. I know how to express my interest, how to write it down, and express my passion. And I think don't ever find a job just because you want to do something. Find a job after you actually know what you want to do, and that comes from like experiencing the world, or talking to people,、mm-hmm. or taking classes, and just trying different things. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and thank、yeah. you for watching Eve Talks. We'll see you、yeah. next time. <laughs>